You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. And if you have any questions, you can call into the podcast. Don't forget, the number is 323-432-0025. I'm happy to answer your question on dating, sex, relationships, whatever it is that concerns you in that area. On today's episode, which is very special, we have an interview with the ladies from the podcast of TNA Talk Sex. One of them has T, one of them has A. That's why they so happen to call themselves TNA. Uh, but their actual names are Stephanie and Christina. And they're giving us really great information on the woman's perspective on open relationships. What's an open relationship? Well, that's a relationship where you're together with somebody, but you can go out and have sex with other people. So maybe that's something that's interest to you. And, and actually, a lot of guys don't realize that a lot of girls are interested in that. There is a select niche of women who are interested in open relationships. So these girls are here to give us a perspective on how that works because they have kind of dabbled in this area. And so we're going to hear from them what it's like to be in an open relationship and get that from the girl side, which we have not yet to do. We've talked a little bit about open relationships and, and how they work on the podcast, but we haven't talked about what it looks like from the other side. And so this is a really cool interview talking about that and getting that perspective all around in terms of how an open relationship works and what the value system is, right? So basically what a guy and a girl need to be doing to maintain an open relationship and again, how that looks from the female perspective. So gear up wherever you are, sit back and relax or don't sit back and relax because you might be driving. Unless you're driving one of those self-driving Tesla cars, well, then you can sit back and relax. But still, be careful. Anyways, my point is listen to this episode, check out this interview, really cool stuff coming at you right now. Hello, TNA, a.k.a. Stephanie and Christina. How are you, ladies? Hi. We're great. Doing very well. It is awesome to have you on the podcast. I really like talking to uh, and just discussing cool things with people who also have a podcast. I feel like that's very rare. I, I might have a just a select handful of those types of episodes on my podcast um, just because... You know, there's not a lot of people in our in our niche, and it's just cool to connect. So I'm happy to do an episode like this. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for having us. Yes. <laughs> fun. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It is fun. To I, I think to podcasting people, you know, we we share everything so openly. We're so used to <laughs> saying anything on the air. So you yeah, know, I hope we can be of service to uh, how to talk to girls. I know you will be, and and I think that yeah, you bring up a good point too, because I feel like you guys are. Uh, my old podcast partner, when I had a podcast before this one called Dudes Talking About Chicks, he used to say media trained, like that was his term for it, media oh. trained. So <laughs> I guess it's yeah. like we're, we're, we're all on this on this episode kind of media trained, meaning we, we can free, you know, speak freely and feel comfortable and we talk into microphones all day long and right. and all that good stuff. So yeah, so yeah I mean, uh, why don't you, I know we talked about this just a second ago uh, off the podcast, but for the listeners... Tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast and, and what it's about and and uh, and what you guys are, are all about. Yeah, so uh, we are TNA Talk Sex. We go by these pseudonyms, T and A, uh, which is short for tits and ass, <laughs> not to mince words. Uh, I'm, I am a little more buxom up top, so I am T, that's Christina. And, and I've, I've got a booty. Yeah. It's a good booty. It's great. It's a great booty. Yeah, so I was okay with giving you that title, you know? <laughs> I mean, we're both beautiful or whatever, but it's, if you look at us, I, I mean, she's grapefruits and lemons. Right, so the fo- yeah, our photo icon is grapefruits and lemons, just to <laughs> clear that up. I, th- I thought the visual allowed people to understand that better awesome. that that's the gist. But, uh, but yeah, our show is us talking really candidly about um, sex, relationships, taboo topics, um, judgment-free 
uh, sometimes gender dynamics as well, to just open the conversation so that we don't have fear. I mean, we just did a sexual fantasy show where we got oh really God, personal. We sh I shared all of my sexual fantasies that are hilarious. Yeah, I shared things I'd never, ever told anyone. Right. Like, so, the, like not not like the things you want to do in real life, but the, the secret things that you imagine in your head. <laughs> yeah. So I so it's really um, we're you know, we hope to connect with our listeners in a way that allows them to express themselves more fully and also answer any, you know, little nuanced questions like, you know, coconut coconut oil is amazing for sex, but, you know, not with condoms because <laughs> they, they will break the condom. Uh, How many you know, times so, I have Googled that last year? I. I I, it's been, it was a lot. And I finally, I finally found <laughs> Oh, about coconut oil? Yes, yes, for, for lubrication purposes. And it's funny that you bring that up. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it happened twice to me. Where a condom broke. Yeah. Uh -huh. Scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so don't do that. Um, don't do that. But, you know, uh, A and I, or Stephanie and I, come, uh, come from having, you know, I had an open relationship. And uh, so did I. And I was also in the... I did central massage in the sex industry. And uh, so we came together and we had all these amazing insights and experiences of sexuality we wanted to talk about. Right. So the open the open relationships, too, we were exploring so much. Um, and I was learning and growing so much with myself and, and what it meant to be in a long-term relationship with someone while doing all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and we started sharing books because we needed to deepen our knowledge to be better in our relationships. And um and we were just learning so much that we said, okay, let's take it to the air. I was, I was already doing another podcast um, in comedy. I do stand-up as well. I was saying I, I sort of tell the, the naughty version of the stories on the stage. And then I, and then I open up and get, like, emotional and soft on the show. Wow. That's funny. It's always, yeah, it's Two sides fun. of you. I know, I know. Oh, the I myth of it. the lady. I love it. That's amazing. I think what's really cool, too, is... is for the guys out there listening as they get uh, a little taste of um, a different type of female personality, you know, one that is very sexually open, comfortable with their sexuality, open to talking about things. And I just don't think guys uh, really get to see that a lot, you know, especially if they have not been in a relationship, you know, you don't really get to, to be so open sexually with women, you know, usually... Right unless you're in a in a, like a committed relationship with them there's not a lot of girls who are open to talking about that i don't know what do you guys think no i think that i think you're right on because you know i they whenever we nervous. go out whenever we're out or i mean i think guys are always commenting about how either our my partner or um partners <laughs> your or, sexual partners yeah 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 Sorry. or or just people we meet at parties and networking and stuff they're like fascinated by yeah how open we are about all these things and, and articulate on it <laughs> Uh, but I, I think, yes, I think women do struggle with, as much as men do, I think there's a lack of yeah. uh, acceptance and there's a fear of judgment that if you do open up about it, you know, you're naughty or you're bad or it's dirty or you should be embarrassed. You I mean, all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think women can be a closed book because they also feel like there's sort of, I think, this setup in our society that says, you know, Girls are supposed to, you know, keep their legs closed and guys have to, you know, find a way to open that clam. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it's so much nicer when you can talk freely and openly about, you know, your interests and what you want and, and what turns you on. Right. I'm sure it feels, there's something that feels uh, just really good about it. And uh, yeah, I, I just like that we're able to, to do that on today's episode too. And, and speaking of being open... One of you is in a – hold on. Let me guess if I can see how smart I am here because I'm trying to get this right. Uh, a is in an open relationship and C we, is trying to figure that out. No, we both – this is A speaking. We both have been in open relationships. You've been in open relationships. But, you're but not, not, you're currently. not currently in one. We're not currently – neither of us are currently in relationships. Right. I currently have a revolving door. Okay. <laughs> right. So you're both it's single. Right. <laughs> I, okay. I feel like A is you're you've kind of like gotten a little more conservative lately, and I'm I'm, yeah, I'm in like focus career mode at the moment. Right. So you're but, but so you're more, but you're also I feel looking for more of a real relationship. Oh so, yeah. I think and so. I sort of have like ongoing dynamics with several people, and there's sort of a nice flow, and I cherish the interactions I have, but they are usually temporary. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, you, where do you two fall on the sexuality spectrum? In oh. terms of heterosexual. Yes. Oh, yes. Heterosexual, heterosexual. Where? Where? I mean, but you know, it's like a spectrum. I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I, I identify as heterosexual. I, which I like to play with women, um, but like more superficially. Like I, I don't think I've really, I technically had sex with a woman, but. I don't really consider it. <laughs> I don't really it's not, it. It wasn't like something that you were gunning for. Yeah, and it wasn't like I, I felt so like I had no idea what was going on. And, and there was, you know, another guy. I didn't really, I just didn't feel like it was like I needed more time to really count that as like a full experience. Right. So, so but yeah, to play and... I feel pretty stupidly heterosexual. Like, <laughs> I can't... Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting way of playing it, stupidly. <laughs> T gets nervous. Like if we're... <laughs> I'm intimidated by the woman. I, I'm, it's cute. and I'm also fascinated. I am fascinated by the male experience of a woman as well. I mean, we are, it's a force where, I mean, when I think about myself, sexually, <laughs> but, and other women, you know, I, I think it, it can be a lot, but I, I, I joke that I'll, I will go gay by like 45, 50. I don't know if that, that can sometimes seem offensive to the gay community, but I feel like I have like an attraction. I've, there've been two women in my past where I thought, wow, this woman's beautiful. I could go gay for her. Okay. But then I never, I, I never acted on it. I have a crush on a girl on my block. Meow. I know. And we, I see her all the time when we're walking dogs. But I don't know. What, what would I do with that? I don't know. I just, you know what it is? I think I'm just aware of sexual energy being present. And so, and there's yeah. probably just, just a general attraction for us to be friends anyway. And then there's a little bit of sexuality there. So whether we're blossoming into anything, I have no idea. I mean, I've never, you know what I mean? I've never gone down that road, but I do feel that kind of attraction. You know, I think you bring up an interesting point, eh? Which is, we talked about this on our, uh, on another show, which is sort of gradients of, of sexual attraction. And I don't know, Trip, in your opinion, if, if men, you know, go this deep and kind of the nuance of it, but I think sometimes that can be confusing to guys, but I think women can feel like a level of attraction, but not necessarily the full right throttle or like they you know or there's sexual attraction but not emotional relationship attraction and then there's there's the the other versus sexual i mean it's it's very layered yeah for guys it's just a lot different you know i mean <laughs> i'll tell you this i can i can and and i don't even feel embarrassed about it i can tell you if i think a guy is a good looking guy you know i can tell you if i think he's attractive or not attractive or or you know on like a physical level doesn't mean I'm attracted to him but I can just kind of tell but it's funny because sometimes I think I have a good eye for that and then I'll be like oh that guy's attractive right like you're attracted to that guy and the girl's like no not at all like that's not my type I'm like really like I feel like and then does she have a good reason for why not not every girl's different you know she's like oh that's just not my type I don't like you know whatever it is about that guy like oh I wasn't interested in and that or that's not my look you know it's funny I, I, and this is something a lot of guys out there who are listening should learn about is that women just they they are not all for the stereotypical Brad Pitt like I'm wow. telling you that I mean I've okay, so if anyone's ever seen me before I'm like a tall lanky skinny dude you know with like just enough muscles to get by but pretty much like they're non-existent right I'm just like a skinny tall dude and <laughs> You know, and like, are you also hairless? I am somewhere in between it. No, I would. <laughs> um, I have a medium amount. Okay. You know, like the back. Yeah, there's not a lot of back middle. hair, but there's chest hair. Oh yeah. Okay. You want to know? You have hair in the right places. I have hair in that. In the, the standard. Yeah, the standard hair. I mean, maybe a little bit more. I'm not like clean shaven at all on the front and the back. It kind of is. So, um, but anyway, you know, there are. I've learned there are some women who are really into that. They're like, yeah, I like guys who are just fucking skinny. Like, I want them to be really skinny. And I know other girls who are like, I like them a little thicker. I want them chubby or the chubby chasers, as they huh. call them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, so, yeah, there's everything out there. Like, yeah, everything. I and like, I'll go on a date with a girl and she's like, oh, like, you know, like, this is like last year. This girl was like, I really like it when you wear, like, your glasses, like, your thick-rimmed glasses and... And, and your hair is really long and, and puffy and out there. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, like, my girlfriend before that was like, wear your contacts, cut your hair. 
<laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, that's this so is crazy. crazy. Women are so complicated. I, you know, I hear these. We just had. We were talking to someone else recently, and we was talking about specific preferences like this. And I, I just, I just don't have any. Really? Yeah. Come on. I don't. I mean, there. It's more of like a, a personality thing. Okay, like when I was in my long-term open relationship, that boyfriend, I liked it when his hair was grown out. I did like, he he kind of curled naturally, not tightly, but, you know, cute little locks of, (laughs) you know, curls. And I, and when he cut it, I was just like, wow, I'm like 30% less attracted to you. Wow. Yeah. I was like, you know, the curls make a difference, but he always felt this, this struggle between his work environment, wanting a more conservative look. Uh, No, yeah. For, for long hair. No, I, I, for like small preferences like that but something that would make me say no to a guy right I agree I wouldn't say no but it sounds like they didn't say no they dated you and then and then adapted you you (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting yeah and so I always tell guys like listen don't try to fit yourself into a mold you know I'd say maximize whatever you have you know and and to make your to you look as best as possible and, and just you know see what happens but Yes, but maybe I, I mean, I do, I am a proponent of picking a defined style that represents yourself, but having, showing no effort at all, like in any way, shape or form. Um, Great point. Yeah. This came up. Yeah. I just, it just shows me, just, it indicates to me whether it's true or not, a laziness of personality in some way or like. Or a lack of self or or like knowing who you are and maybe you don't know who you are. So maybe this is a good opportunity (laughs) to look into that. But, but yeah, I love what you're saying. Like pick, it's not about, oh, I can buy the most expensive thing. Um, or it's, I'm going to be this, like the Abercrombie guy or the right, it's, guy. But it is saying, okay, I, this, these physical items show are symbolic of who I am, right? Reflect in some way what my character is. And, um, and that's a real turn on for me. Yeah. And I think it also indicates an aesthetic sense, which is very sensual. So if yeah. you have an aesthetic sense, then it indicates also to me that there's some sensuality in you and you understand how to touch me. Mm. Wait, talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just mean that, um, sensuality takes attention and, um, and yeah, attention and intention. And, um, in the way, like when you think about touch, um, I learned this a lot through my central massage, but, um, when you're touching someone, what makes it really magical is what's behind your touch. And that's, uh, what's going through your mind when you're touching this person and a lot are of you giving in the touch. Yeah. Or are you thinking about, Oh, I want to have, I want her, I want to have this effect on her or, you know, it could be co- too controlled, even though the attention is there, it's too like you're gunning for a certain response or a certain something. And that's too like what I, versus, um, when someone touches you where they're like, like when I touch someone, um, and I have a great touch and she does, I do. I'm like, her hugs are healing, but, uh, but when I'm touching someone, I'm, I'm, it's almost like my mind is, I'm tuning into their muscle, to their body, to like, to what I'm feeling. And so by me experiencing being in the moment and experiencing what that feeling is, it keeps me in the moment and keeps me tuned in to them and their body and their experience versus like thinking about this or that or trying to have an effect. Right. Yeah. I think I like what you're saying. Like sort of, it's almost like a detailed meditation. Like you're focused on this person's details of their skin or something. Or that they can be in the moment with me and like, so bringing right. that but back to how you're so dressed. You're, <laughs> what does that so, have to do about your so dress? I think like if I'm looking at a guy who's just in like t-shirt and jeans and sneakers and like whatever, like not not well thought out t-shirts <laughs> or something that's just sort of a blob, um, then I feel like he's going to be completely unaware of any of that level of things. Like it's just What's interesting is I, the thing is it might not be true, right? Like someone can not put that effort in. And what I'm saying is sometimes they they live more in the body or they're more in their head and they're, and so it's not a priority. They haven't been taught to make it a priority. Um, I think especially American culture is very, like we have a lot of outdoorsy culture and, and there's a whole wardrobe with that, although that's specific. And then that says something to me. Uh, but, but yeah, so I think to not make a choice at all. Yeah. Just sort of, you don't, it's, it's almost like you want to stand out in some way. Like they talk about in branding, you know, like to get like corporate, but it's like, if you don't choose a style, then, then who are you? 
how do I, how do I pick you out in a bar or, you know, whatever outdoor venue I'm at or I don't know. Right. It's, it is easier for girls like to, and I say this in a good way, like you want to be categorized almost. You want to be categorized as something because you're like a niche product. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so if you want to, and this would be going into the ideas, like if you want to attract a certain type of girl, you should dress in that, in that arena. So if you're yeah. really into girls who are, you know, I don't know, super like suicide girls, like goth and like tattoos and stuff, and that's just your thing. Maybe you want to dress similar to that. Maybe you want to get a tattoo. I don't know if that's something that interests you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you want to go with what it is you're trying to attract. If you want to get that supermodel type girl, you might want to dress a little bit more GQ style. She will most likely, you know, be interested in a guy who's going to be dressed like in that. In that style. I mean, I would say as long as it's authentic, you know, because if you're dressed in shit in like a GQ style, but then, I mean... Be- well, cause, okay, yeah. like to, I think the GQ, that's a great example in the sense of, I feel like that's very aggressively marketed to the mainstream in the sense of like, this is what's sexy. This is what sells. This is how you get a chick. And it's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> and it's like, it can get you a certain type of chick, right? Um, but it's like, right. you know, like, the, and I, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it's defining for you what you like and allowing the world to see that so that you attract a woman who also values that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The values have to be in alignment. Like, I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, at I feel the end like, of the so day, I'm, the values is the thing that's going to that's gonna keep everything together for sure. sure. You know? Right. I mean, yeah, you could go for someone with a certain look and they have all the looks that you, you know, really crave in someone. But if you don't share the same values and, you, you know, you don't respect the person on any level then it's you know as a relationship that's not going to work out right but as a booty call could be great yeah well I was gonna say I mean I've definitely been attracted to things that were not me like I went through a whole phase of phase I don't know if it's a phase might still resurface but uh occasionally I was kind of into certain piercings that guys had um and that leaned towards guys that would then have tattoos and this kind of thing and I I wouldn't say it's definitely I, I don't have any I don't have any extreme tattoo you know piercings um, but I, I did find it kind of hot or I didn't eliminate because of that, you know, uh, although I'm a pretty open book. I've dated a lot of different yeah. ethnicities. We don't really have a style. Yeah. Like a do you, type. do you, I feel like you no. have one? No, mm-hmm. you've been, you've been pretty broad. I, yeah, I, I don't, all ethnicities, different looks, different styles, the GQ guy to the, to the hipster from the thrift store. Um, maybe because they have like a sensuality and an attention that they mm-hmm. offer. It's most, what's most, here's what's most important. It's what's in your eyes. It's the look yeah. you give me in your eyes. <laughs> so one. whatever you're dressed in, whatever like category you think you're in or whatever, if you're like, you know, not all caged up when you come and say hi and we meet and you're like vulnerable and available yet confident and assertive, that's the sexiest thing. Right, right. It's like your eyes are, they're, they're almost like relaxed and they're more looking through you and into you. Rather than looking at you, yeah, right? Or, yeah, or even looking inward. A lot of times, people I can see their eyes are actually not physically focused inward, but their attention is inward, self-conscious. You know, like super hyper aware of themselves because they're nervous, right? Which and is that means they're not perceiving not anything, right? Not good, right? Yeah, but what's the what's the lesson? Do you just have to practice until you feel comfortable enough? Mm-hmm. You might not make a home run every time. I mean. <laughs> I've, I've gotten nervous with guys too. You know? I grew up this way. I was super insecure. Like where talking to anybody, I just, I would be that way, just super insecure and hyper aware of myself and not really present. And so then you can't yeah. really talk well, really well. This is with, you know, guys, girls. Yeah. Like anybody. it goes both ways. Girls yeah, get nervous. You, can, you definitely can strain out of it. It's just practice. Doing yeah. I, I think confidence comes from competence. You know, yeah. it's, it's all about getting out there and, and, uh, getting used to, whatever it is that you're scared of. So whatever it is that you fear, you know, you fear it because you just don't know about it. You don't know it, you know, or possibly you do know it and you've just had really bad experiences in the past. Yeah. Yeah, Or fear. Like for me, I was afraid of judgment or afraid of failing in some way socially or afraid of not being liked or whatever. Yeah. I feel like in some ways I was, I would almost be like overconfident. Like as, and as the chick, I was like, I'm going to plume my feathers for you. 
don't you want to be with me? And then I was like, you know, people make fun of me. That's like, that's what guys do. You know what I mean? Like the girl needs to just chill. Like I'd almost overcompensate. And then I'd be like, I don't know. Why, why isn't he into, oh, I, try, I tried too hard. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> you, you, you weren't just being you. Yeah, exactly. Like that's enough. Right. So you but guys. Yeah, you, you date and learn that. You so, guys were in open relationships in the past. I want to hear more about how that went down. What, what, what was the start of that? You know, what made you interested in that? What made you comfortable with it? You know, because there's a lot of talk out there about, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't think most women are interested in that. I think it is a very, very select few who would want to do that. And I've talked to a lot of, of women and uh, pretty much never have I heard them be like, yeah, I would try that. Or yeah. I, I, could, I, could, I could be interested in that, you know. So um, what, what got you yeah. into that? For me, um, and let me just say that my, my, the jury for me is still out on, like, I could see myself in the future trying again or whatnot, um, in terms of like, does monogamy work? Do open relationships work? I, yeah, the jury's out. I'm not, I don't have a decisive answer on that. But, um, for me, it was started because, um, I had moved to LA and my partner was staying in San Francisco so we were going to be doing this, you know, two city thing and we'd been together for two years and I was in a place where like, here I am, I'm moving to LA. I'm starting this whole new leg of my life. And I really had this itch in me to just be open to everything. I just felt like it was really important to me on every level to open myself up to experiences. And at the same time, um, I was doing central massage and my partner knew and, um, and at the same time, I was uh, I was sort of writing this this book or this story um, around my experience with sensual massage, and I was interviewing my clients, and most of them are married. And so, with my experience with sensual massage, I really was questioning monogamy hardcore because here are all these married men who were just lining up at my door, you know, and I would ask them why why are you coming? Why, you know, all like just sort of getting into their psychology. Like, cause here, you know, the guy I was with wanted to get married and whatnot. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many scary signs outside my door. Um, so, and also as a practitioner, like I, I did develop good friendships with my clients and, um, and even started a couple love affairs once we did open the relationship up. And I felt very, I felt like it was theoretically and I felt it was possible inside of me to be able to stay connected and in love with my partner, but yet still have these really lovely connected experiences with other people. I like to call them dalliances. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and not just like a, just like a booty call thing where you just, you know, don't know the person's name, that's it. But like, you know, genuine connections with just, I say lovers. Yeah. People I don't want to have like a, a I don't want to like, you don't want to marry with them, but they're lovely people. And, um, you learn from them or they're interesting. So just through my experiences, I, I just felt like, I'm like, wow, I don't, I don't know about this whole, just one person for you. And that's it. Like why? I just felt like it was possible. So I wanted to try it. So I went to my partner and proposed it. He didn't really take it very well. So what happened when you proposed it to him? Um, he didn't take it that well. He, um, <laughs> he was very, he, well, he, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, he, he was very nervous about what would happen to us and, and, um, and yeah, like he, he, yeah, like what, well, why do we have a relation? Why do we even have a relationship then? Like he didn't understand why even still be considered, consider ourselves a couple. You know, and so it was hard for me to try to explain to him. Again, he's Italian, totally different culture. Yeah, um, but you felt like the intimacy is different. Yeah, I did. I thought, and I, so I tried to explain to him, like, well, I don't want to uh, to build something with these guys. I want to build something with you. Um, and so there's a certain degree of intimacy there with you that I that I want. I think commitment and, as well. Right. There's something about you are actually mentally committed to this person. Right. Even though my body is not like. Yeah, solely committed to you. My heart is, and my intention is, and what I want to do with my life with you is. Um, right. So that it was hard for him to tease that all apart. Um, so, but he, bless his sweet soul, he um, 
gave it a go. He did give it a go because he, he saw that it was important to me and we are living in different cities. And I think a part of him was genuinely curious. Like, come on, your girl comes to you and is like, hey, let's have an over relationship. And yeah, I, you know, and I'm also not there all the time to, to satisfy his uh, urges. I think that's part of it too, by the way. It's like, you'll meet people out and you're like, oh, this could be fun. And instead of having to say, oh, I'm in this dynamic and yeah. there's someone you know, across the ocean, so no, uh, which can be really hard and can also feel isolating. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, I'll say this, people obviously fear that you'll fall in love with another person. Um, I do think that is a legitimate concern. Well, that's what I was going to get at, which is now being a seasoned veteran, (laughs) uh, what happens, you become familiar actually with what you would call like the infatuation phase or this sort of like love addiction that happens at the beginning. And you do get really excited about the person and they do inspire you and you're like, oh. But you also learn to recognize it for what it is. Yeah. It's it's not forever and it's not the main defining thing about the relationship. So again, it's, it's, it is sort of these different layers. It's like they, that person, sometimes maybe you have the potential to be committed to them and have like a deeper relationship, but you're making that, yeah, the lover I'm saying, but you make that choice you're deciding. And, and I find that most of the ones that I encountered, I, I had a great time with them, but they were not, uh, I didn't need to commit to them. I didn't, I didn't, right. But they were, these were relationships. They, They were yeah. relationships there yeah in the sense that, that i have recurring with, but you would have, right right okay yeah sorry i keep like i'm like cutting off your sentence <laughs> uh yes recurring lovers right like they weren't uh it wasn't just oh i'm at the club and i met some guy it's um, not like 5 a.m like hey where are you at or it might have started as that <laughs> <laughs> then it turns into like a beautiful friendship and and yeah. yeah someone you see regularly um yeah also, and, so can I, but can I just share yeah. that, um, the, 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 in fact, I think what happens is for someone who doesn't have any experience in this is that when you meet somebody new and you do go into this infatuation zone where it like, I think traditionally people would be like, Oh my God, I'm so in love with this person. You come to re- like, that's what you come to realize. It's like, no, that's not love. Right. And so, um, so I think it just takes a little bit of wisdom and patience to just, um, allow that excitement to be there, but not take it as this meaningful thing that means that, or a oh, symbol because, yeah. yeah, like, because I have this much excitement about this new person, that means that I'm not supposed to be with my partner. Right. You know? Or invalidate your, it doesn't invalidate your love and commitment to the other person. Right. That said, there are times where meeting someone new can be a signal that maybe you're not in a healthy relationship or there's a dynamic that does need to change. And that's why you found this other person. Yes. That can also <laughs> see how I, complicated it gets. <laughs> it's very complicated, but it I think does. the point is that you have to actually explore it. You have to take it case by case. It's yes. not, you know, it's and not I, simple. And I do, and I say this to everybody I talk to about it, but I, I do think that it takes a very, very self-aware people to be, to try this kind of dynamic. And what I mean by that is people on both ends, both partners who are, all parties who are willing to really um, look honestly at themselves and what's missing for them, what they need. Um, and, and also, well, look, I think for me, I'm like, sometimes they're blind spots. You don't always know. I think there's something to committing to showing up to the table to have the conversation. Exactly. And I think if you have that commitment and agreement with each other, it's not like, Oh, you crossed a line. We're done. Right. You kind of banish that. Right. That's no longer how it works. Right. <laughs> uh, you're kind of on a new, like a, a higher level of like, you know, we have to talk about it. You're upset about something or something's bothering you. What, what is it? What's right. that detail? Which means you have to be willing to hear shit about yourself from your partner, perhaps, or, you know what I mean? There has to be an openness or truth about their attraction to someone else that maybe makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's interesting is with my long-term partner, partner, things came out for him where he was like, Oh, it's kind of a turn on that you're like with that guy or like imagining him with you or, you know, and that was sort of a fun thing for us to realize that he had never explored either. It was um, a turn on for me too, to think about my partner or someone else. It also like stabbed me in the heart a little bit, but it was like, <laughs> it it's, did. yeah, but I, I had to get over it. I mean, that's jealousy and jealousy is something you can get over. Oh, totally. I'm Scorpio. I'm like naturally natively super psycho jealous. Right. Yeah. But when I was 26, I, I remember the day I, I hated being jealous and I'm like, this is ridiculous. 
I don't want to be jealous anymore. And so I, I committed to figure out what the hell it was. And it was all rooted in security. Yeah. So anyway, but so jealousy definitely I, I, it still exists. I, and there are couples that we've talked to who are in open relationships, um, high functioning ones. Right, right. And uh, they still uh, experience jealousy, too, from time to time. Well, and I think it's checking in with that. That's the point is having that conversation. So where does that come Um, from? You say it comes from insecurity. What does that mean exactly? For me, um, for me, I feel like jealousy. Yeah, it was when I really when I kept questioning myself as to where that was coming from and followed the little breadcrumb trail to this. I feel like every problem has this golden nugget at the core of it. Um, and so when I followed it down, yeah, jealousy was rooted in a fear that someone else was better than me. Mm. And, um, and coupled with the same thing, opposite side of the coin is that I'm not good enough. So these are core human fears. fears. Yeah. But, um, and so that's why it's sort of this great, beautiful challenge to be faced with jealousy because you have an opportunity to face that fear inside yourself that you're not enough and that this person is better than you. So when you, so when you come to that point, when you fix that or you have a good handle on that and you know, when you believe in yourself to say that I am good enough and you know, I am awesome. That's mm-hmm. when the jealousy starts to dissipate. Um, yes, yes. And also, um, yeah. Yes. Going to strengthen that. And then also like, uh, um, and also it, it's also a, being able to, I want to say it's almost feels like this inclusive thing. Like instead of being like, if, if my partner's having sex with another girl, instead of like excluding her and comparing myself to her and like, you know, getting all spiteful and jealous about it, which feels like it's very like me versus her. I instead um, take a deep breath. There's a lot of breathing for me involved in this. <laughs> and, um, and I recenter myself and say these things to myself to help me feel more at ease. And then I actually do an exercise where like, I, I try to incorporate her. So instead of making it a me versus her thing, I, I instead think about, well, my partner's awesome and he picked this girl and I'm sure she's totally awesome. And she is also giving my partner something that he needs and or finds interesting, and finds interesting and is enjoying. And so I'm grateful for her to give him this experience. I was going to say, uh, yeah, appreciating the qualities that they bring. I mean, the same way you go to, to a party, honestly, and meet cool people and enjoy talking with them. And again, they're maybe not your long term going home with them forever. But you're like, wow, cool, let's hang out. That'd be fun to go do whatever for the weekend. Totally. So I think the more experiences you're able to have like this, you know, and it's it's like a, I mean, it's not just going to happen immediately. It's a process, right? But the, the more experiences you have and the more able you are to breathe through the jealousy and do these things to help you see it from a different side, um, I feel like that's that's where this transformation starts happening. Yeah. Also there are books that I read while going through the process. My partner and I read them together. It helps. It does help. I think it gives you a little bit of like a mooring while you're going into the dark, you know, or it's like a flashlight in the dark, uh, so that you are less afraid or you kind of have, it's like, you know, they'll give you almost like a guidebook of questions you should consider before you, you know, start doing it. Um, do you have some rules that said, I feel like generally the rules get broken inevitably. And then someone, you know, depending on how persnickety you are, you're like, you didn't call at 11 and you said you were going to call at 11 because that's the rule. And that's how, and I think knowing that we have a framework of rules and we want it to work, you know, we're going to follow them as best we can, but I think some leniency and that's where coming to the table to talk about it is important, uh, to be able to say, okay, that hurt me. You didn't follow the rule or whatever. Um, and I say that because I think there's an expectation of like, well, we set up the framework and you broke it. And I feel like that happened to me a little bit in my open dynamic. Uh, and, and that felt unfair. Um, so the rules are very important. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm saying being open to renegotiate them and yeah. And discuss why it was, why maybe a rule got bent and what is it, is it still working? So, okay, maybe the way we thought it would work doesn't, and we have to readjust. Right. Because it's totally new territory. You're in a new frontier. So you're not going to know what rules are going to work. So you just have to like throw them out there and make them and then try. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like building a company. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. There's, you know, there's, it's, yeah. I mean, when you approach it that way, you're able to kind of digest it rather than just saying, well, I was told that, you know, you meet someone that you love and you commit and then you get married and you never, ever have a roving eye again. And that's it. You know, and then you're like, why do I have a roaming eye? You know, and you want to kill yourself or you think you're a bad person or, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's just, it's complicated. Um, can I share a little bit of my, my journey? I, um, I ended up in an open dynamic for the first time when I, I had had, I had one boyfriend that last, like was a year, a year long relationship in college. And then after that, I ended up in a long-term relationship. And I think I, and I thought, I felt like this was someone I was going to be committed to forever. Um, and even now we're, we are no longer in a committed relationship, but we have a friendship and, and stay in touch. But, uh, I, I think I always had a little bit of a, a curiosity about an open dynamic. And I also sort of feared this idea of forever Mm -hmm. that I could possibly never, you know, experience sexual intrigue with someone else again, or the thrill of it or the pleasure of flirting, like all these things that are very important important to me. I mean, if I'm honest about my personality, I'm definitely carefree. I'm definitely very flirty. Uh, you know, yeah, like it, it gives me a lot of energy and vivacity. So to lose that is, is hard. Um, I, I don't feel like myself if I don't have that. Um, so, so early on, I was actually sort of nervous to talk to him about it. And I had a lot of shame around it. And there was a, a young woman in my acting class who mentioned casually that she was in an open dynamic uh, with a man that she was married to. And I was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, exist? yeah, I was like, could we go to coffee, you know, get coffee and, and talk about it. Uh, and then she just said, well, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, you know, I'm pretty busy. Like here, read the ethical slut. <laughs> and so I bought the book and I hid it from my partner originally. And I was embarrassed and, uh, and I read the book and then, um, my partner started traveling a lot for work. And then someone reached out to me on, you know, on Facebook and (laughs) wanted to have coffee. And then we had coffee. And then I was like, and he clearly expressed, you know, romantic interest. And, uh, and so then I was like, Oh God, what do I do? (laughs) Uh, and I ended up, um, you know, I, I was, I actually, okay. If balls to the wall, honest, I basically, my boyfriend was out of town and I was like, okay, he's coming back the next day when he's back. I will talk to him about this person that I met where I hadn't crossed a line yet, but we had been talking about the potential of it. And, um, and that night literally he'd arrived and I was like, okay, I'll tell him in the morning, my boyfriend. And he went through my phone and he was like, who's this guy you're talking to? And I was like, well, nothing happened. And I was going to talk to you about it. But basically I have this whole thing in my head about an open relationship and I've been afraid to talk to you about it, <laughs> but here's the book. <laughs> and it, read it. Yeah. And it, you know, it cracked wide open and we had this very intense conversation and he's like, are you trying to break up with me, but you're afraid to? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I genuinely love you. Want to be with you would like the freedom to, you know, experiment with someone who understands I'm in a committed relationship you know, but is open to whatever playing with me or hanging out and sort of, you know, and it was someone who was very interesting to me. And, and I did feel kind of just learn from him creatively. Oh, hello. Still can there. you hear? Yep. All oh, good. you guys can hear me. Yep. I can't. Loud no. and clear. Oh, you, okay, you cut sorry, out. You, you were like, channel. we lost trip. I'm here. Oh, I was just in the moment. I was vibing. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. So back to where was I? Oh, he came home. No, no. Well, that I, so I was learning creatively from this person and I felt this great, uh, pleasure in spending time with this other party who, you know, and I kind of relegated it to specifically when my boyfriend's out of town. Um, and, and with my boyfriend's knowledge, uh, it was bumpy, but he finally was like, yeah, let's try it. I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I had, I I felt at the time, like a lot of physical need and desire and to not be touched for like long periods of time. I was sort of getting weird in my brain. Like I would be out with friends and I'd be like, I felt like I was leering at men. Like I felt this intense, like it was a problem. Because your boyfriend was was out of town so much for work? Yeah. And I was like, I'm about to like. She was a neglected woman. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to like, do. I'm going to sexually harass a guy in a bar. I'm going to like grab his ass. You know? And it's like, Oh, this is probably how people get to this point. <laughs> like they, who knows how long they haven't been touched for. 
You know, I right. found that my boyfriend would come back when he'd come back from being a ten. He'd hug me, and I'd almost sort of flinch because it. I mean, I'm making it sound like it was like months, but this is the point. It wasn't. It'd be like two weeks, maybe a month, you know, or like two or three weeks. But it was like that was enough to be like, you know, I went from having this monogamous cocoon to like nothing. nothing. Yeah, and it was it was really turbulent. I mean, I think sometimes age and maturity has plays into that too. Like, I think I'm less vulnerable than I was mm -hmm. at the time, but. Uh, I'm 30 and I'm, I'm 33. Okay. So early 30s. Got it. Yeah. So the open thing started probably when I was 25. Okay. Yeah, I was 20, 29. Would, would you guys do that now? Would you get into an open relationship now if it just kind so of I, happened? I actually met right? two guys. Yeah. Yes. For me, <laughs> I met two guys where I thought I would love to date both of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I, you know, because I feel, I do feel like I've, I've entered into this, to this zone of um, really deepening love, I guess, and uh, yeah, just deepening in general in life with everything. And so I do feel at this point I would want a more one-on-one -on -one focused dynamic. Um, however, I am very aware that that may change. Like if, if. For example, I found someone that I wanted a one-on-one -on -one thing with maybe, you know, a couple years down the road, five years down the road. I, I feel like I understand enough about sexuality and psychology that that can totally change. Like, I feel like there's this incubation period with relationships where you, it's like, it is one-on-one -on -one and you build and you build and you build. And then once your house is stable, then the energy shifts and you have more energy, but you're not you're not spending as much energy building the house the energy is spent doing other things together. Um, so I don't know. So, so down the road, maybe that would be different, but right now, right now I would want, um, I would want like a, commitment, a, one, a committed one-on-one yeah. -on -one thing. What about you know? a polyamorous relationship where it's like you and, and a girl and a guy all together? Not, I wouldn't say no to anything. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I could like, I, anything is possible if I, if you, if I met the right people, you know? Yeah. You know, what's funny is it is interesting that in both cases, like I have to admit in my open dynamic, I was primarily, um, the one exercising. Yeah. I yeah. had lovers and he my, was busy working. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, no, I mean, he had a very taxing yeah, he did, yeah. job at the time. And, um, and that, and he did have some, a couple of experiences, but I was definitely, I think more, I think my nature is more adventuresome and curious and enjoys that kind of enjoys sexual so conversation. So could you do a polyamorous thing? Well, I, I'm laughing because it seems like I'm, like I just said, there were two guys where I thought, oh, cool, I'd love to do that right now. And I'm the, you know, I'm kind of enjoying dating both of them. Uh, so I haven't had a man approach me and say, hey, I want to date you and this other woman. Um, actually, well, recently a woman approached me actually about her and her partner. To be the unicorn. Uh-huh, yeah. The unicorn. Yeah, and I was, I was like, yeah, kind of what you're saying. I was like, well, I feel like you only live once. So to say <laughs> no is to, like, block out this thing, and they are very, like, sexually adept. <laughs> and I totally have fear around it. Like, I've never done that. I've never been – I've never stepped into a relationship, and I've also um, had – such little experiences with women, which I said, uh, you know, so I was like, all right, all right, maybe, maybe. all right. I've had fantasies of, I've always thought about it, actually. I think I could probably, and maybe a good candidate for this with a, like two <laughs> women, like me, another woman and a guy, because I've, I've, I don't know why I fantasized about this, not sexually, but like envisioned this, but, but it's very natural for me where I'll be thinking about a best friend, a girlfriend of mine who it's just an amazing woman, but she's really vulnerable or in a specific place in life. And she just needs love and she doesn't have a partner. And I'm like, Oh, she can have mine. Like the, my initial, my wow. immediate reaction is to share my wonderful partner with her. Wow. Yeah. And I've noticed that happen like a few times and I'm like, good Lord, Stephanie, what is that? <laughs> Interesting. But I wonder if that's a native natural instinct. Like that a I'm human. Just not walking. Right. Right. Like I, I more and more think about the way like community. It's communal. It's communal so I think if it was a best friend of mine I think I would have no problem at all trip, I just want trip I want to check in that we haven't alienated our listeners are we like so left field like no no dippy? no this is no we're, we're, <laughs> listen we're right on track this is it's entertaining it's informational again I really think that this episode is about hearing the female's point of view in terms of open relationships and and just this kind of natural 
back and forth chit chat on it is is pretty eye opening. It's eye opening to me. Like I'm I'm I am very can I just curious and interested in terms of what you guys are saying on this. Can I say I, I this came up my long term partner I think at times questioned if I felt like he wasn't good enough sexually. Like, sure, oh, you're seeking yeah. these other partners because somehow they... I'm not sexually. Right, that's, right, a, they're that, like, that, that's a big thing. Yeah. Sure. Right, like, and I'm totally sympathetic to why someone would have that fear. But that's not the case. It wasn't the case. Not the case. It really wasn't. And I think what's interesting is, yes, I'm having interesting new different experiences over here in right field, but I'm, I've always loved having sex with my partner, always loved connecting with him and, you know, and did have a very rich sex life. Yeah, I think I I would venture to say that for most women, I don't think it's about the actual sex. It's not like, oh, you're not doing this or you're not good enough in bed. So I'm going to go find out. I think that's more a male perspective, Mm. maybe. Well, unless unless you're having, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. But then I go, well, we, we have our show where, you know, we want people to write in and ask questions. I mean, I think some people don't have a lot of, sexual knowledge and that's something that you can gain right anyone can totally totally i'm just saying that themselves. I, that um yeah my yeah God. it wasn't anyway, i didn't i didn't not, venture out because i wasn't satisfied at home i yeah, wasn't like you don't make me come i'm gonna find a man I, you know i can get off with yeah it's not out of a lack it was just a um curiosity a curiosity and, a, and not wanting to hinder my own development it's right. like well yeah so and i and i have and i do i carry this perspective now and in fact um uh, I do like what I was dating somebody recently and I told him in the beginning, I said, look, I, you know, I don't want to put a stop on your life and how it rolls out for you. And I don't feel like my, my, um, role as a partner is to do that. So I don't ever want to put limitations on someone. So I said, so if there's ever needs, like if you are super sexual and you do find that you need more partners or that's what you want, just communicate with me because I don't, I don't feel like it's my place to say, no, you can't do that because of this belief I have or this fear I have or this insecurity I have. I don't, I feel like that's very selfish. So I feel, so I always endeavor to try to give my partner the freedom. I think a lot of relations, I think a lot of people don't. I mean, all like I feel like I even came from a place of fear where I was operating in a relationship where I didn't uh, push myself to have those open conversations. And mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us are operating from that idea of like, well, by drawing this boundary, that's how you prove you love me. Right. And it's like, you know, life is long. I mean, it goes by fast too. It's kind of both. And so, you know, to contain yourself and not get to have an experience out of uh, perceived loyalty. Yeah. You know, and, is that fair to each other? And how often do you hear people say like, like, I mean, it's the classic thing when you have, when there's an affair going on, it's like, it doesn't mean anything. I love you. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, it's liar, pull out the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, th- I think that everything I'm hearing here too, everything, like the, the through line here is, is about communication. You know, I feel like everything I've heard so far is like, you know, if it's something you want and want to try or interested in, you know, maturely, respectfully communicate with your partner or someone that you're dating or having sex with what you want and your interests and what it's all about for you and and just being very raw and honest. And if you can do that, you know, hopefully you're with someone who uh, can respect that, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you guys did with, with all of your uh, different situations that was just communicate very open and honest. Yeah, I mean, that really is the heart of it. Well, we just had a conversation with the comedian Leah Knauer, and she was talking about kind of her, that she's much more reserved, and like she doesn't want to have sort of flings, or, you know, she really wants to find love and find that more monogamous dynamic, and um, and her frustration, of course, that like in a way we're like leaning towards this like Tinder environment, uh, and I, I think for me, I loved that she was so clear on what she wanted. And I was like, great. So you will find a partner that also wants that because that's what you're asking for. Because you know what you want. And right. Rather than opposed to masking or trying to pretend that you yeah to hang on someone or, you know. yeah to hang on to someone and and it's like well if you clearly don't want the same things I had this really great dynamic I was dating a guy for probably dating going on to seven months and um and I feel like he was almost more ready to have a family settle down. And I, I had a couple of like sticking points that were frustrating me in our relationship. And I felt like if those were fixed, I'd be, be okay to commit. And, um, and at some point 
it didn't take me long to realize it, but we were, we were having, we had kind of broken up and then we got back together. And then I was sort of repeating myself. I was like, something came up again and I was saying it and it was in the morning and he was like getting ready for work. And he's like, comes out of the closet and he goes, he goes, you're telling me that I'm not giving you what you need. And he's like, so, so if I can't, if I can't give you what you need, then you should accept that or something like, you know, something like this. And I, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Does You're, this mean we're breaking up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, and it wasn't aggressive. Like I almost said it more aggressively than he did. He, it was like this. It was like it sounds like I'm not giving you what you need. <laughs> and I went, oh my god, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, okay. And then I had to like process it. But instead of trying to make myself make this relationship work for another three months, another six months, like or whatever it would be, because some things worked it clicked. And I was like, you're right. I don't need to push this anymore. I think you're an amazing person and, and I need to go out and find what I'm actually looking for. There you go. He just did it for you. Yeah, I know. I know. So kudos to him for, you know, being a great communicator. Right. Um, right. but yeah. you know, in theory I could have pushed back and said, no, no, that's not what I meant. You know, and, and compensated. But I, I didn't actually listen to what I'd been saying. I thought about what I'd said, and I was like, "Yeah, that does sound like things that you're not prepared to give." And um, yeah, self awareness, just knowing what you want. Right, and and also feeling kind of what we've been talking about, um, which is I don't, not confident, but yes, confident, but um, also assertive. Yeah, like a but not assertive. What was it? You used a word. I did. Steph, yeah, a, that that <laughs> was like I think. Oh, you mentioned it, Trip. Also, like competence is competence made by equals yeah. confidence. Confidence, right? Confidence, confidence in, comes from competence. Yeah, and and I think I'm bringing that up because I think confidence in my own competence <laughs> allowed me to see that I could walk away from it. It wasn't like I didn't need this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was a relationship that was really beautiful in itself. But it wasn't uh, the end of the road, and it was like, oh, okay, I'm not getting what I need, and I am entitled to get what I need as an individual mm. and what I want, right? I mean, that's this is the journey that we're on, so let me seek it. Right. There's uh, <laughs> This is it. This is, you know, I mean, in terms of what else, depends on what you believe in, but as far as I'm concerned, this is kind of all we have. This is the life we have, and, and you know, life's too short. You got to do what you want, you know, and, and figure and figure that out and, and enjoy in the, in the process, you know? So I yeah. think we're, we're kind of coming to a close here. We're yeah. almost about um, wrapping up on time, but I, I just want to say that this to me, and I always say this after an end of an awesome interview to me, it was eye opening, And to me, it was, it was just really cool to hear all this stuff. And when I feel that, I know for a fact that the guy who's still listening right now is, is <laughs> definitely feeling that too because I've been doing this for you know over five years now and I've just heard and read so much stuff. So when something new kind of hits me, I, it means that it was a, it was a great thing. So I guess, uh, long story short, this was a really great time speaking to both you ladies in a very um, open and honest format to hear about what it's like to start and end and be in some sort of open relationship. And of course, I know we only just kind of scratched the surface here. But, I know, I'll but, write a book. <laughs> but I'm glad that uh, we were able to do this. And for you guys still listening, check them out. They're smart, they're funny, they're sexual. It's great. TNA, <laughs> Talk Sex, check it out. It's on iTunes. Are you guys on Stitcher too? We are. We are. Ah, smart ladies. See, I told you they were smart. Or on Stitcher, so check them out. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm excited to to go on your show in a couple of weeks. So that would be yeah. that would yeah. be very fun too. And uh, and hopefully we'll we'll get you back on and we can continue some stuff. But I don't want to just kind of abruptly end this. Is there anything else you ladies would like to say in in conclusion, or any thoughts that you had before we wrap up? Um, I would say. I would say I would say if you're looking to go into an open relationship, maybe sit down with yourself and and dig a little and ask yourself why, like what's really motivating. Mm, good point. Yeah. Uh, on a more like logisticals, I'll, I'll note that we're also on SoundCloud, <laughs> and cool. uh, and we do an end of the month advice episode now, which is advice at TA Talk Sex. So if anyone's really grappling with an open relationship issue, we're we're happy to you know what I mean. Give our two cents. Yeah. 
share if we can't, you know, if we can enlighten on any complications. Because <laughs> I think it can get really scary when you're when you're doing something new. Yeah. Awesome. And thanks for having us, Trip. Yeah, it was really, wow. It was so much fun. Yeah, it yeah. was it was definitely a blast. So guys, T and A Talk Sex Podcast. Google it, look it up, check it out, listen to them. Ladies, thanks again. And we will thanks. talk soon. All right. Ciao. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com. <laughs>